Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. Just a dude reeking of menthols talking into a microphone to you about the Bird Gang. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 19 of the Grease Pole Podcast. Thank you for taking part. As always, you can subscribe on uh, or follow on Instagram at Grease Pole Podcast is where you follow along with uh, any scheduling updates, things of that nature. And also hit subscribe, rate and review as well. Every episode is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you for coming along for the ride. This is unequivocally the best time of year, in my opinion. September is when you kind of you get back into the, okay, football season's here. It's here. You get the, the hot weather the hell out of the way. If you're like me, you can't stand it. The weather starts to turn a little bit. You get Halloween next month. Horror movie marathons aplenty. You know what I mean? Cold weather comes, hoodie season, hockey jersey weather sweater for the purists it's awesome it's awesome earth wind and fire did a song dancing in september i don't dance but if i was drunk enough i would right now we are four days away from the birds first game technically 24 hours away as we record this from the kansas city chiefs actually about 26 from the kansas city chiefs and houston texans kicking off the 2020 nfl season now this is man it's been a weird year obviously clearly it doesn't you know it a couple of buddies and I were talking about this at work today. It doesn't – you got that excitement. At least me personally. I can only speak for myself. It, it, it's, it's like it's awesome because football season's here. And if you're like me, you're in several fantasy leagues. Labor Day weekend is always fantasy draft weekend for me. Draft a Palooza. Probably my most drunk weekend of the year. Love it. You know, so it kind of gets you geared up a little bit. And it was an amazing weekend. And, uh, you know, here we are. Here we are. But – you know, with the, the COVID situation and, you know, not every every stadium's going to have fans in it and just the uncertainty of what the fuck is lying ahead of us constantly. It, it, it does feel, at least to me personally, it feels a little watered down a little bit. You know what I mean? It's still football. I'm still going to get up. I'm still – I still did what I do every year, and I took a sick day the following – the Monday after the opening week, week one. So, you know – it's 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 Jack and Coke at 10 a.m. time of the year. You know what I mean? You can tie one on for week one and sleep it off the next day. And I can come talk to you guys about hopefully the birds being 1-0, you know, for episode 20 on Monday. So, again, we're finally there. We're finally here. We got a season. Hopefully we can get through it without any disasters, without anybody, you know, just without without 2020 happening all over again. Hopefully this can kind of be, and maybe who knows, <clears throat> I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I always look, you know, like, man, it's going to be strange as hell if we get to a Super Bowl and there's no fans there. 
I mean, imagine how that's going to look 20, 30 years down the road. You know, and you're telling your grandkids about, yeah, the Super Bowl where fucking nobody was. You don't have that iconic shot of the opening kickoff and everybody's, you know, lenses going off. You know what I mean? On their cameras or on their phones <laughs> now. You know, that it, it it's going to be bizarre, man. But again, we'll get there. Hopefully we get to that point. Hopefully that's a problem we have. Or hopefully it's not a problem we have. So hopefully it'll be a, be a vaccine. Everything will be back to normal. But hopefully we play the entire season through. Shit doesn't completely hit the fan and we at least... If there is no vaccine, we get to the end of the season, hopefully. I've got a feeling just based off the way Major League Baseball has done this, uh, the NFL is going to make sure they get to a finish line. <laughs> There's too many dollars at risk. They're going to make sure even if they've got, you know, XFL guys out there in NFL uniforms, they're going to make sure they get to the playoffs and the AFC and NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. There's too much money. There's too much money on the line. This country's run by greed. It is what it is. So, anyway, stepping off the soapbox, <clears throat> what I wanted to do here, and, you know, it's like, okay, coming into this episode, I thought about the idea of, do I want to be, like, content 101, douchebag, bold prediction guy? You know what I mean? Because that... That's a tagline that you see everywhere, right? All over NFL Network and ESPN. And the bold predictions are basically they serve the purpose they are. It's not even necessarily to me. It doesn't even feel like a true prediction. It feels like, hey, pundit A, say the most outlandish thing you possibly can just to get a reaction out of people on social media or whatever. That's what what the bold prediction game has become. So – Thought about it. I'm like, man, I don't want to be that guy, man. You know, that that's that's everywhere. That's If you want bold predictions, go elsewhere. There's plenty of them around there for you. But I will jump in here head first, and I'll give you one. I'll give you one that, as I was kind of thinking about, you know, the content guy, I'm like, man, I wouldn't bet my house on this one, and I wouldn't you know, bet an amount of money that mattered to me or whatever the case may be, but I could possibly see this happening. It's one of those things, it's just like going forward on fourth and one. If you make it, you're a fucking genius. If you fail, you're a dumbass. More often, the more likely thing here, most likely outcome is, number two, I'm going to look like a dumbass because as soon as this comes out of my mouth, you're going to go, oh, Christ, really? But hear me out. I'll give you this. The leader, the team leader for the Birds in touchdown catches for 2020 will be J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Go ahead, wipe yourself up, get your toilet paper, clean the shit out of your drawers, hear me out. You got Alshon Jeffries going to begin the season on the pup list, Okay. Already injuries to the receiving core. Jalen Rager's already dinged up a little bit. He's going to miss the first week or two. Hopefully he'll be back week two against the Rams or week three against Cincinnati. Hopefully. Okay, but that's still kind of up in the air. Hopefully that's not something that lingers. Again, I've touched on this before. I believe as it stands right now, Jalen Rager is the best receiver on this team. Not even debatable, in my opinion. You know, Deshaun Jackson guy, you know, sorry, not sorry. Speaking of, Deshaun Jackson can't stay healthy to save his damn life. 
So let's let's rule him out. He'll have the you know the kind of the like the obligatory Sammy Watkins game that he has once a year, like he did Week One last year against Washington, what is now known as the football team who we're facing in four days. He'll have a game where he'll go for, you know, six catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. He'll take the top off the defense, and you'll go, holy shit, Deshaun Jackson, break out the number 10 jerseys, and then he'll vanish and catch a six-yard out route and, you know, come up limping. That's just what's going to happen. So let's look elsewhere. Do you, you know, when you look at the receiver depth chart, Greg, Greg Ward Jr., Get out of here. Quez Watkins, who I like a lot. You know, again, these are guys that are going to be down the depth chart a little bit. John Hightower, I tend to think he's going to be more so of kind of a kind of a special teams guy. Kick return, punt return. You know, Jalen Rager again at the top of the depth chart. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, 57th overall pick in last year's draft, 2019. Again, I get the production wasn't there. I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why he wasn't on the field more last year, especially given the the tumbleweed taking snaps at receiver. No idea why he was not out there more. But you have a guy in our Sega Whiteside who, when he came out, he's a guy who – He's a high point that the ball guy in the end zone, much like a Jalen Rager, much like an Alshon Jeffrey. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey at this point, I think it's safe to say this is his last year with the team. Okay, so let's let's leave him to the side kind of here. All right. You have the option if you're a defense, you're going to cover Jalen. Jalen Rager is going to get the most attention when he's out there. All right. Our Sega White side. Similar build, similar skill set. Does not have the speed, though, that Rager does. Rager ran, I believe it was a 4-2-8, I believe, at his pro day or something like that. I mean, Rager's got the speed. Arcega Whiteside does not. He's not that quick. He does not have top-flight NFL speed. But he's got a nice skill set, man. You can throw him a ball. You can give him those post-corner routes in the end zone. You know, those little fade routes on, on, you know, third and one from the three-yard line type deal, you know, second and goal from the four, whatever. That's what he did at Stanford. That's what his skill set is. So, again, and you've got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard as well. That's a timeshare. No disrespect to those guys. I'm a fan of our Sega White side. I've liked the pick. I've stood by it. And, you know, you can come after me with pitchforks like Warden McCluskey and Natural Born Killers coming from my head. That's fine. Again, I'm not going out there and saying, you know, stake your life savings on this. But I can envision a scenario where it happens. Again, this is a team that constantly has to deal with injuries. Rager already is going to miss a season opener. Alshon Jeffries on the pup list. You know for a fact Deshaun Jackson's not going to play all 16 games. You know it. Right, Quez Watkins, late-round draft pick, speed guy. When you have that short field, unless you're running rub routes, he's not a guy that's easy to get open once you get the field cramped up a little bit. Our Sega Whiteside is. And you find yourself in that situation a lot as an offense, more often than not. Jammed up on the goal line, what are you going to do? Throw it up to your guy. Let him high point the ball. Let him come down with it. Both feet inbound, six points. Breakout Jake Elliott. 
that's my hot take for the year. And again, we'll revisit this. Uh, God knows it's probably not going to happen. And I'm going to sit here and look like a dumbass. But hey, I stand by the pick. He took a lot of shit. He took a beating on message boards and Eagle social media because, you know, that's just the era we live in. But you got to give the guy more than a year, okay? Let him come into his own a little bit. He's a talented guy, you know, the hands, things of that nature. He dropped the pass at the end of the Detroit game. Let's not kill him for one drop as a rookie. Wasn't the best pass by Wentz, if we're being honest. I think our Sega Whiteside has a solid sophomore year. Just my opinion. What say you? Hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. Before we get out of here, I want to kind of look ahead briefly to Sunday's matchup again. As we record this episode on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <clears throat> we're about four days away from kickoff. Week one, the time of year everybody waits for, right? The best Sunday morning of the year. You wake up, you cut the TV on, the pregames are on, you know, you fire up the grill, you tailgate in the backyard if you're like me, get some tunes going, make you a drink, get it going early. You only get one week, one a year. And it sucks that we didn't get week one of college football season this past weekend, at least a true college football, not SMU in North Texas or whoever the fuck was on. You know what I mean? Now, looking at Sunday's game, man, against the uh, the Washington football team, it's so weird to say that still. It will never not be weird. Although I hope they, I hope they carry that team for like eight years, just because it'll be, you know, it just it just embodies the disaster that that team is. That that is now what they're officially going by as a Washington football team. So looking forward to Sunday's game in uh in in at FedEx Field, wherever the hell they're playing. I just had a brain fart. You know, they're the the Washington football team, they practice in Virginia, but I believe they play in Landover, Maryland. They're just like the Giants and the Jets. They have a fucking identity crisis. Wherever FedEx Field is, apparently it's a disaster of a facility. I'd never been there. Thank God. If it's anything like where the Caps play, have fun. So, Sunday's game, the Birds are favored by six and a half points. And, you know, again, this is this on, on paper, you know, it, it, business should be handled, I suppose. If you're a home team, the default, you know, line is three points. You know, the, you know almost the, the racial slurs don't even get that. The football team doesn't even get that. They are six and a half point underdogs on Sunday's game. The over-under is set at 43 points. When I think about this game, I think of one thing. It's Chase Young's NFL debut. And as a Penn State fan, <clears throat> you know, I've watched this guy, man. This he he's I don't think I'm breaking any this is not a fucking revelation here. Chase Young is a generational pass rusher. You could make the argument before Joe Burrow blew up that Chase Young could have been the first overall pick in this draft and it would not have been egregious. You know, the value of a pass rusher now is tremendously higher than it's ever been, and it's only going to get more important. You have to in, – in, in, in the NFL in 2020, there are two things that are important. you got to protect your quarterback's ass, and you have to get after the other quarterback's ass. That's how you do it. And you do it with pass rushers like Chase Young. They've got a great defensive front in Washington. Now, so do the Birds. So do the Birds. But the Eagles have Brandon Brooks, an all-pro level guard out. Jason Peters, 
Doug Peterson come out, said he is going to play left tackle. So you got that. Woo. Yay. Popcorn fart. We get that again. You know, Matt Pryor more than likely going to start at right guard in the spot of Brandon Brooks. Lane Johnson as well at right tackle is day-to-day as of this afternoon per Doug Peterson. So you might have one of those situations where Lane Johnson might not be good to go. You know? And Christ Almighty. let It'll be... If if Lane Johnson can't go and and we're faced with the op the the you're dealing with Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan against you know Jason Peters and a backup, not ideal. It's going to be a long day for Eagles fans and an even, even longer day for Carson, which is not the way we want to start this season, not at all. There's a lot of people out there that are rooting for Wentz to fail and already predicting the Jalen Hurt shit that he's going to come in and light it up. Because Chase Young is the generational pass rusher that he is, that everybody, and if he performs the way everybody thinks he should, against what the Eagles offensive line looks like now, you know, hey, I'm the biggest Wentz guy there is, but there's been some stuff. You know, he's been dinged up in, you know, in camp a little bit. We talked about it last week, you know, with a soft tissue injury. So, again, this, 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 I know it's easy to look at the betting line and it's easy to look at, you know, oh, they're, they're a disaster and Dwayne Haskins sucks and they don't have anybody and, you know, and, and okay, all of those things may be accurate, but this is a potential. You got to look at matchups in the NFL, in any sport, really. Same with hockey. It's a reason why, you know, hell, the Flyers probably would have been better served playing the Capitals than the Islanders. The, the Islanders are a shit matchup for the Flyers, which is why, you know, Saturday night, game seven, squad came out and got embarrassed, you know. And I'm not a big lightning guy, but, you know, fuck the Islanders. I hope the Bolts beat the shit out of them. I don't like the lightning either because I met their head coach, John Cooper, and he's an asshole. So just saying that to a live microphone felt good. Nonetheless, back to football. I it's a matchup problem. That defensive front, those edge rushers, that that strength against what is kind of perceived now as a weakness on this Eagles offensive line again, Peters being there, it's going to help. It's going to help. But now if you have Lane Johnson out and you've got Matt Pryor starting at right guard, that entire the right side of that line is vulnerable as fuck. Now, thankfully, that's not Carson's blind side, but still, you got to give him a few seconds to get rid of the ball, get his feet set, get it out of there. You have to, and that could potentially be a problem for this team. You know, again, as we said, Jason Peters now going to be starting at a left tackle, over under two and a half false starts for him. I pound the over. He's going to lead the league in false starts more than likely. Future Hall of Famer, talked about him at nauseum. Love the guy. He's probably going to have his number retired by this team one day. But, my God, with the false starts that come at the worst possible time. So, expect that on Sunday. Fun drinking game. Jason Peters, you know, false start. Take a shot. You'll have alcohol poisoning by halftime. And, again, this is not the same. This is a, this is, this is a Washington team that brought in. They got rid of the Jay Gruden thing is out of here. You have that albatross of the culture problem with Dan Snyder. We know what kind of owner he is. We didn't need to have all these, you know, weird sexual inappropriate, you know, allegations to come out to know that Dan Snyder's a fucking dumbass as an owner. 
it, you know that. So you bring in Ron Rivera, okay, Riverboat Ron, to try to kind of correct the culture and get everything straight. And he's they've they've included him on everything. They've tried to get him a part of the new identity of the franchise going forward since they retired their old name and they're the football team now. Yada yada. Great hire. I like Riverboat Ron. I do. Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator for the football team. So this is a guy as well, Jack Del Rio, who, you know, took the Raiders to the playoffs the last time they were there. As a defensive coordinator, he's absolutely capable, and he has a lot to work with up front. Up front, that secondary is a disaster. Again, it comes down to if if that offensive line can protect 11, the Redskins secondary is a joke. It's not good. Wentz will be able to take advantage of matchups if he has time. That's it. And, again, he can extend a play as well as anybody. But it's all about minimizing the chances that he get hit. You know his history. I know his history. I'm really not trying to hear that shit for another year. Christ almighty, keep him upright. You know, you look at the Skins draft again, obviously Chase Young. <clears throat> Running back, they took Antonio Gibson, running back out of Memphis in the third round. Antonio Gandy-Golden, receiver out of Liberty, I believe, in the fourth round. Uh, They just cut Adrian Peterson this past week, so Antonio Gibson is the lead guy in the skin's backfield. Darius Geis, no more because, you know, he found himself in the middle of shit because 2020. Antonio Gandy-Golden's a guy, you know, big dude, big body, you know, solid tape who they feel like could be their Terry McLaurin from this year. Mid-round draft pick comes on strong, right? And there's, you know, living in Washington football team country, there's a lot of buzz about him. You know, this Eagles secondary, let's see how it holds up. Let's see, because you've got, again, Darius Slay, shut down corner finally, Nikel Roby Coleman in the slot, one of the best slot corners, grades out that way in the NFL. Jalen Mills at safety. And you just had Sidney Jones, former second-round pick. Loved the pick at the time. He just got cut. So his tenure with the Birds is done. I believe Jacksonville picked him up. He's on their practice squad now, I believe, which is crazy to think that a guy that had that high of a ceiling is now on somebody's fucking practice squad. The practice squad in Jacksonville, of all teams, the worst team in football who are as openly tanking as any NFL team I can remember they might as well be the Sam Hinkie Sixers at this point. Honestly. So, I see this game being every every Eagles-Washington game is always tight. And it feels like we play these motherfuckers the first week of the year every year and the final score ends up being 32-25. There's always some weird-ass backdoor cover. This is going to be a tight one. Don't it, the Games aren't played on paper. Again, this could be a potential matchup problem. Defensive line of the skins against the offensive line of the birds. Our defensive front at the same time could be a problem for their offensive line as well. Haskins is not as seasoned as Carson Wentz is. Wentz is used to extending a play and things of that nature. So at the end of the day, I will put a little trust on him. Haskins is not. He's a second-year guy. Didn't start every game last year. Still a little bit wet behind the ears is Dwayne Haskins. So I'm trusting that defensive front of Jim Schwartz. He likes to get home with just four guys. I think you can possibly do that against this Washington offensive line. I think it's possible. At the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, even though it's going to be true, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy as you may think. And any any smart Eagles fans know this game always ends up being tight. Your asshole is going to be tight at some points. They jumped out to what a fourteen point lead, I believe it was last year on us, and it's like, oh Christ, here we go. Case Keenum's getting his revenge. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a tight one, but I think ultimately, the experience of Carson Wentz gets the job done. Give me the birds, twenty four to twenty, on Sunday. Hopefully, knock on wood to start the season. Off right with a win. Want to know. What say you? Hit me up on Instagram at Greasepole Podcast. Let me know your thoughts. What do you see being the key matchups? Again, for me, it, it it's obvious. I don't think you can go anywhere else but that Redskins. Uh, <laughs> I just said a slur. But the football team defensive line against the Eagles offensive line. That is as it. It's as obvious a game matchup as, as you'll find, in my opinion, because Chase Young could end up coming and having a hell of a welcome to the NFL moment against this offensive line. I pray to God he doesn't, but it's possible. If not, again, who knows? Good things could happen. I think the birds get out of there with the win 24-20. to 20. What say you? Hit me up at Greasepole Podcast. Let me know your predictions, your thoughts on the game coming up on Sunday. And uh, I will see you next Monday. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I won't be too banged up from the previous night talking to this microphone to you. But uh, it all depends on how the game ends up playing out. It could be. Uh, it'll either be a. It'll either be a, a a good a good one. It either be positive weirds or negative weirds. It just depends on how the birds go, especially with a one o'clock kickoff. It could be a an enjoyable rest of the day or a really really long rest of the day. Hopefully, it's not option number two. May the beer be cold. May the food be good. May your drinks be strong. May the birds get a win. I'll see you back here on Monday. As always, go birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Philly.